Hey guys, it's Elle. Welcome back to my podcast, Topics with Elle. So today we are going to be talking about mental health. And like, we have some questions from our friends. And we also have some questions online that we're going to be answering. So yeah. So we're going to start off with some questions our friends asked us. Phil, Mm. what are some ways to not be mentally ill? You can't just not be mentally ill. I think uh, you can deal with your mental illness. I feel like Uh, you can definitely deal with your mental illness um, to a certain point because it's also just hormones. mm -hmm. Like, it's a hormonal imbalance too Mm -hmm. that you lack. You lack certain hormones. Definitely, but also there are other mental illnesses too, right? Yeah, there's different types of mental illnesses, but... Like, it's, it's not as easy as like turning off a light switch. Yeah. Um, or like code switching. It's not like I'm just gonna not be mentally ill. Like in the same way that you can definitely control it better. Yeah, there is in that way that there is code switching. Like you're not not being mentally ill, but in the same way that you change your voice for people, or if you're on the spectrum, sometimes you um, intentionally seem that you don't have mentally ill um, yeah. for certain groups. Um, you can seem like that, but you're still struggling with that or you're still dealing with that um in a way you have to mask yourself around others sometimes i agree next question is why is it so hard for other people to understand your perspective i feel like it's hard for people to understand your perspective because like they don't go through the things that you go through like you're the only one that goes through your things exactly so it's just like and if someone says something to you and that offends you, you can't really blame yourself for that either because it's just like you don't get to control your feelings. You could definitely try and help and avoid it, but you, it sometimes gets you and you kind of had to let it go. The feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like a line between people offending you and you're not getting upset and people offending you I'm sorry I got a weird text just now but but yeah yeah. um so it's hard for people to understand because it's just like they don't know what you go through they don't know your personal life they don't know who you are so it's just hard for other people to understand Mm. have you been coping with feeling overwhelmed honestly i'm a smoker so that's just my first instinct but other than that like i do sports a lot and i like try to distract my mind off like thinking and like thinking about the topic that's distracting me mm-hmm. i try to avoid that um arts and crafts also work for me and stuff like that and baking and baking i love baking i love baking baking is so fun i don't distract what was the question how do you have you been coping with feeling overwhelmed yeah i i don't i'm not coping (laughs) i feel like yeah i feel like coping um is also different for everyone yeah um because my coping mechanisms for other things uh, like trauma and stuff are doing those things are the things that are overwhelming me. So my coping for a lot of things is writing, 
or but it's also a negative or a positive coping mechanism it's yeah because i was just writing about how this shit's killing me (laughs) i overwork myself i hyper focus like the collective or uh, my movie or whatever else or your short film exactly so they're coping for something else but now i need coping for the overworking i'm doing I feel like I feel like coping leads to you distracting yourself, which leads to what problem. you enjoy, which leads to overworking yourself it's, and what you enjoy. Yeah. And that leads to more stress. So <laughs> I don't know. It's I'm, kind of a mix of both. Yeah, I'm just trying to be happy out here. Um, but prioritizing your mental health is should be one of your first priorities. Yeah. I feel like is still not talked about enough and like people are starting to talk about it Mm. but it's not it's not like as open as it should be yeah yeah it's kind of um stigmatized still yeah how does one measure personal growth and progress i feel like if you see a change in yourself Mm -hmm. if you are not the same person as how you used to be that's where I feel like personal change is, but only for the better, not for the worse. What do you mean? Because if you change in a worse way, like you're starting to smoke more, you're starting to drink more, mm-hmm. you're starting to like offend people more often yeah. and like hurt other people's feelings and like doing the things that you shouldn't be doing, that's where I feel like you're going downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole purpose of living is to go uphill. Well, it should be. Uphill in terms of? In terms of the person you are. So, like, compliments, like, complimenting other people, like, making your day better and their day better, and you having healthy coping mechanisms and things like that, I feel like is a personal growth. Yeah. Um, now, one thing... I feel like noticing your personal growth, um, at least figuratively, how we're talking about it. Like, more often? Yeah, I think it's the same as noticing your personal growth, like, uh, physically. Yeah. Like, you don't notice your fingernails growing every day, or your hair growing. Yeah. But then you look back at a picture from, like, a year ago, and you're like, oh, Or, like, it doesn't even have to be about, like, mental health. Like, it could be about physical and emotional. Yeah. So, So, like, physical health could be, like, you losing weight, or you trying to gain weight. Yeah. Um, or you're trying to bulk or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and you just look at a picture. You don't notice the slow, slow progress or yeah. slow. So up- small things like those, I feel like sh- it tracks your progress. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your ways of coping, and what are the most effective ones? So my way of coping is, like I said, smoking, um, sports, arts and crafts. Those are my coping mechanisms. What's the most effective one? I feel like sports and arts and craft is definitely the most effective ones because they do no harm to you while they mostly don't do mostly, harm to you. Yeah. Except for like physical, physical harm. You could get into physical like injuries in sports. But it's just like like me, like I got a brain fracture spring dislocate in my arm. But it's just like physical harm like that but it's accidents i would say is not on your fault 
because it's just like you never know when an accident's gonna come. It's gonna happen, right? Yeah. Oh, what is getting more? What is your way of coping and the most effective one? Phil? Like I said before, um, my artistic things are my ways of coping. So, poetry, photography, writing, overthinking, making an artist collective, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. I don't like, I'm not a, oh, I closed my computer with the questions on it. It's fine. Um, <coughs> Okay, so now it's time for Reddit question. Okay. What's the first question? So the first question I got from Reddit is, how normal is it for you to cry? I feel like it is normal for um, you to cry like a few times a week. A few times a week? That's really often. I feel like, like once or twice a week. So uh, they expanded on it like, Crying just for like normal things like something bad happening or, or um but I'd include like mental health reasons too. I feel like it's normal to cry because it's just like you never expect when your mental health is gonna kick in and it's just gonna be like, okay, now, it's done. Yeah. Um for me well, I cry like every day. But it's usually like crying from laughing, not gonna lie. Um it's really easy for me to cry like that. But um, to cry, cry? I feel like... Maybe... I feel like... Weeks, yeah. I would say... Six to eight times a month. A month? Six to eight times a month? Yeah, so that's like twice a week, basically. For, for me, I'd probably be like... Maybe four to eight. I was thinking like three times a month. I was thinking like four to eight times a month. Yeah, because I don't... I act... I don't like have a crying session like i'm gonna cry for like a minute that's not that's not usual sometimes i'll tear up if i'm it has to be either whatever mental health thing i'm dealing with if that's like a, a particular moment um or something like bad happens something like particularly bad my way of dealing with like bad things is usually like stressing a lot over it overthinking it um but more definite things um, then, yeah, it was just crying and letting out the frustration and the everything in that way. Okay, next question. Okay, so the next question that we got from Reddit is, how does it feel like to not uh, be depressed? I feel like to not be depressed means that you're in a healthy and stable mental health, physically and emotionally, all three of them. You gotta be stable and you gotta be happy and healthy and mm -hmm. and it's just like you gotta do things you love because doing things you love makes you more happy. So I feel like doing the things you love makes you the best version of yourself. And but that means also finding and doing the things you love because a lot of times there's a lot of exploring there's a lot of exploring you have to do because usually you, you don't even know what it is that you may love because you gotta find out who yourself is first before knowing other people yeah, and build that person right you gotta build your own character you gotta build your own characteristics and, and things like that and your your self-trust and things like that in order to communicate with other people yeah. because if you can't communicate with yourself and you can't communicate your feelings then you can't communicate other, yeah. with yeah. other people so uh just find what you enjoy 
Like you're able to actively enjoy some like things. I don't know. I don't know what it's like. I don't. I don't know about depression. I haven't talked to a doctor. But whatever I have, whatever what's, whatever is going on, I wouldn't understand how it is not to. Because uh, as like, as people, for me, I have a few, just only a few. You expect me to have a lot of friends. I do have a lot of friends, but who am I really close to is the question. There's only a selective amount of people that I'm close to. Yeah. And that number does not surpass five. Yeah. And it's just like keeping your circle small is also very important because it's just like having a few close friends is better than having a lot of friends that you're not close or, to. Yeah, a lot of acquaintances. Or... Like yeah. I would rather have one close friend than have a hundred acquaintances. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'm a big fan of also having acquaintances though because there are people who can help you in situations, but um, but at I the same most, time, at the same time, be friends with your acquaintances. Because be nice to your acquaintances. Yes, because at the end of the day, sometimes strangers are your biggest supporters. Absolutely. So a lot of the times, like most of the times, your strangers are your biggest supporters. Lot, yeah, like, and your acquaintances are your biggest supporters. And you never know who's going to have your back at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Uh, I was gonna ask. Oh, I think it's important to have a lot of. I'm not drawing your eye. Um, I think it's really important to have like a lot of um, to have that support system, uh, because having someone you can rely on is really important mm -hmm. because it's just like you get to open up about your feelings to them. Yeah. So it's just like it benefits yourself, mm -hmm. and it could build trust with your friend. Yeah, and because then it could make your friend feel welcomed and like share information about themselves to you. Another point of having a lot of acquaintances and everything. Um, I was thinking about this a lot this weekend and recently because um, I, I do just adopt a lot of people in a way I do taking people up, up the floor and stuff. And I was thinking about how I need to become more intentional um, in. Sorry. I need to become more intentional in making friends because I realize a lot of the people I'm surrounded by, um, I'm just not enjoying myself. But I'm you not, have me. I do have you. Um, but a lot of times I'm not even like enjoying myself. I'm often waiting for like the time around people to be The thing over. is you never want a friend to feel like a chore. The chore, exactly. Just like how you want every activity that you love doing to not become a chore. Yeah. Because once it feels like a chore, it's like you feel the need to go. And you feel the need that you have to do it. Exactly. Yeah. So Next once question. that, at that oh, point, continue. you know, at that point, it's, it's too much for you. Yeah. Uh, I need to find people. I'm getting to the next question. I could introduce who... you to some people. I know, but we don't, we don't have the same people. Unless you have a bunch of poets and leftists. Oh, yeah, no. So, yeah, I need to find my, my people, my group. You need to find a small circle that you can constantly hang out with. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on To better your mental health. Um, how, to, how to stop hating myself? I feel like hating yourself is all because of self-esteem and what society says you should look like mm. or society tells you to act a certain way mm. or stuff like that. I would say to block out society, mm. like block off social media, block off things like this so that 
you're not focused on society. Mm -hmm. You're focused on yourself now. And then, I feel like even then, um, now focusing, like blocking off social media in certain ways because like no one posts like their sad moments. Yeah. So every time you go on social media, you only see every them. time you go on social media, you only see the good side of people. Yeah. You never see what they're struggling with. Exactly. So it's just like to stop hating yourself is very vague. Like, yeah. I would say work on your self esteem. Like, get your confidence back up. Work on yourself. Yeah. Stop prioritizing other people over yourself. Yeah, that's that's something I think about a bit because. The other day I was thinking about like why some people like Sky. <laughs> I was like, why do these people like me so much? Uh, um, and I, I did. Um, I think that's the last time I started crying because I was like, why is my little cousin? Why does Sky? So a lot of people. Why do these people like me so much? And, and I was like, that has to do with my own self-image at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, me, I guess, feeling that I'm not deserving of. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just like we are here for a reason. Yeah, I guess right. So it's just like, since we're already alive, you might as well make it. <laughs> you might as well make it the most you can. Yeah, if you're gonna be alive, you may as well do it, right? Exactly. Which makes sense. Next question. Next question is, let's see. how does school affect mental health? I feel like school affects mental health because it's just like school is also part of society. Mm -hmm. Like it's also a group of friends. Mm -hmm. And this connects to the next question, how does society affect mental health? Yes. I feel like school and society affects your mental health because it just tells you what, how and what you need to act like. Mm. And it's just like you got to look a certain way. You got to be slim. You got to be toned. Yeah this and that, like, it just corrupts people's mental health. Like, some people can't even control the way they look like or the way they act like or the way they were born. Yeah. Um, but uh, another thing with school is, especially with college, I guess, there's so much going on. Because it's in the vague of, like, you being, like, late teens to, like, early 20s. Yeah. And also high school, when all the symptoms first start to kick in for most of the people, it's just, like, a lot of high schoolers, that's when their hormonal imbalance Stop. starts to change. And when it starts to change, like, they, they're not used to it. Yeah, something like you, everybody's used to a routine. Yeah. And if you're not used to that routine, that's when you start to freak out. And I feel like that's when people can't really, like, control their emotions. Because it's something completely new. And, like, it's like no one's, like, walking us through it. Yeah. And you just, and some people don't have, like, the benefit of, like, having close parents like mm -hmm. me. Like, some people really, and they say blood is thicker than water, but is that really true Can for be. some people? Um, I, and I think that's, that's an incomplete quote. Um, I'm going to look up the full quote now, but um, yeah, but blood, they say that but a lot of people don't have like these people, anyone to fall back on. 
So do you come from school, um, day of both dress and come home to a family? That that's not even a safe space. A lot, especially a lot of um, time when you're queer, especially. And like a lot of time. minorities, especially, Minor yeah. deal with this. Like a lot of people of color, Asians, Blacks, Hispanics, etc., don't aren't like usually close to their parent, so they don't really have someone to talk to. Mm. Um, excuse me. Um. Oh, so are you saying? I was saying that like. Um, with the safe spaces and stuff. I think what both of us said, if you look at the intersection with like race and sexuality, um, like you don't have anywhere. Cause like if your parents are straight, right? Presenting at least. And then you're queer or whatever. You and go honestly, home and- Honestly, public school system public sucks. Schools, yeah. Cause it's just like, okay, I'm gonna use my sexual assault case here. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna put this in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, My sexual case. Mm -hmm. They did not do anything to the guy that sexually assaulted me. So it's just like knowing the fact that my sexual assaultist is still in school yeah. just freaks me out because it's just like now I have to see him. And when I do see him, I'm always in a constant shock yeah. because I don't know what to do. Yeah. So things like this could also play a role in school, school and how it affects mental health yeah because what are you supposed to do in that situation mm -hmm. there's like it's like inducing almost panic right um so in that they don't do anything to them and i'm assuming they didn't do anything to help you right or and it's just like transferring and going away is an option. Is, yeah. But at the same time, like, I came to the school for a reason. Yeah, and that puts the burden on you. And that puts the burden on me because it's just like, I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And it just makes that person feel useless. But at the end of the day, it's, it's more like something, like, you can't control. Because I, I could control that and take it to the police. I could definitely press charges, mm -hmm. which I might do. Mm -hmm. But it's just like... It corrupts your mental health because yeah. you don't want to be repeated with this trauma, yeah. which is why I didn't take it further. And that's why because it would have affected my mental health. health. The whole process of that bringing, not bringing it up because it's already up, but like kind of like judging up from yourself, if yeah. that makes sense. That's why a lot of people don't go to the police, regardless. Yeah. And then there's like the whole and the, aspect. And the whole idea of like percentage of women that go to the police how much women go to the police for sexual assault cases? Yeah, so people look at the numbers like and say it's like- 10%, oh, maybe, not even, like 5%? Not a lot, it's highly like underreported. A lot of times, even when it's reported, people like may not show up or continue because like it's still drudging like that experience. It's the repeated trauma that yeah. keeps popping up and mm -hmm. you can't really control it. Yeah. But at the same time, you kind of had to live up with it. You never lived and it's it. not, it's not someone, it's not something someone should live with. But at the same time, it happens. Yeah. And when it happens, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Now, I think, I think the focus should more, like, needs to be shifted because obviously no one's doing anything to people who are doing it. At the very least, you can focus on people who have been victimized, right? Yeah. Like, helping with mental health. If, if it happens in your school... And I feel like free counseling should free be... Yeah. There should definitely be free counseling for everyone. 
-hmm. I don't care the race, the gender, whatever, mm -hmm. your sexuality. Yeah. It should be free because everyone should be equal. Mm -hmm. And if... And I know we're not living in an equal society, yeah. so it's just like that makes it worse. So, well, everyone is equal, but everyone should be treated like their like their value. Everybody should be treated the same. Yeah. Based off, and it shouldn't be based off of skin color, or sexuality, yeah, or how you present yourself. But anyways, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it and stay tuned for next week.